Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. Today we celebrate with great joy the feast of our Lord's ascension into heaven. So listen carefully and you're sure to get a rise out of the sermon. I'll be here all week. Thank you. (laughs) Amen. Our joy continues as our Lord Jesus Christ, crucified for us, raised from the dead, has now ascended into heaven. Jesus Christ has been crucified. And in doing so, he himself has confronted sin and death in the flesh. He has the victory. Death is no longer the final word in this world, but he who is the word of God, the word of life and salvation for all who believe in him, is the final word. He has accomplished this by dying on the cross. Jesus Christ is risen, and in doing so, he has placed death forever under his feet. His is the victory, as it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 9, death no longer hath dominion over him. That is, death is powerless over our Lord Jesus Christ. And for we who are in him, we shall be raised in a victory and in a resurrection like his. Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven. And in doing so, who here knows what that means? Right? We all know Jesus Christ died on the cross and he confronted sin and death himself in the flesh It is finished. He is the final word in this world. We all know that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and that death no longer has power or dominion over him and that he shall live forever with death under his feet. And for all of us who believe in him, we too shall be raised. Death will not keep us in the grave. Jesus Christ shall take us by the hand and raise us from death in a resurrection like his where we will share in the victory that is his. But then we come to this great feast of the ascension and we don't know really what it's about. Is it just when Jesus went home? You know, was it kind of like Dorothy at the end of the Wizard of Oz? You know, bye, I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow, and off he went. Well, no, it's not like that at all, right? The Lord ascended into heaven in great glory and majesty. And by doing so, he raised us not only from death, not only from the grave, but took us to be in his home, to live with him forever to be seated at the right hand of his Father and to share with him in the eternal kingdom. He raised us as humanity, not only from the grave, but above all of creation. Man, you must be something. 
right? And indeed you are. Now in one sense, you, and I include myself in this, we are fallen, we are broken, we are sinful, we mess up all the time. Just ask my wife, right? We mess up all the time. But in another sense, we really are something. Because Jesus Christ has joined himself to us and has not only confronted sin and death in the cross, has not only been raised from the dead in victory over death, but has taken us to heaven. That is our true home. He doesn't invite us into relationship with us and then say, please stay in the guest house. Don't worry, it has its own bathroom, right? I mean, no, he takes us right into heaven to be with him in his home, seated with him at the right hand of God. He exalts us as unworthy as we are because of his love for us above all of creation. He raises us up to a dignity and a worth and a value that is greater than all the angels of God. Jesus Christ has ascended above all authority. So what does the ascension mean? In Mark chapter 14, verses 60 to 62... The ascension is of such great importance that Jesus mentions it in the midst of his trial, in the midst of his passion. Before the high priest of the Jews, he bears testimony that indeed he is the Lord and that you, we all, shall see him at the right hand of the power of God, his Father sharing fully in the power and majesty of God, his Father. Verse 60, And the high priest stood up in the midst of all those assembled and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus was silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Now this is incredible, my dear friends, because Jesus identifies himself with the very words used by God himself when he identified himself to Moses in the Old Testament. Moses said, Who are you, Lord? Whom, shall I say, has sent me into Egypt to call your people out? And God said, I am. I can't quite do it like Cecil B. DeMille did, but I try. I am. That that wasn't bad. The echo helps in here. And so here... Now, 1,200 years later, God himself in the person of Jesus stands before the high priest who says, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? Are you the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus answers, I am. And he goes on to testify. 
and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. That is, Jesus proclaims himself not only the Son of God, but God, seated at the right hand of the Father, sharing fully in his power and authority and majesty over all things in creation. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, 27 to 32, here the apostles are brought before the high priest, and they are being threatened by the high priest, who warns them to stop teaching in that name, as he says. That is the name of Jesus. And he is using his authority as the high priest, the anointed of God, to call them to silence. But the apostles use this as an opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ, not only crucified and raised, but ascended, recognizing the Lord as the only true authority, the authority over all creation. Verse 27, and when they had brought them, that is the apostles, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. That is, we answer to a higher authority, and that is the highest authority, the Lord who has ascended above all creation. Peter goes on to say, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And so just as their Lord did before them when he came before the high priest and proclaimed the ascension, so the apostles now proclaim the ascension of the Lord before the high priest. The ascension is of such great importance that when Stephen, the deacon, was being martyred, the very first martyr of the church, he was given, just prior to his death, a vision of the Lord. And Stephen testified to those who had judged him and condemned him as deserving death. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And as they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so he proclaims in the midst of his death, as the apostles did before him, standing before the high priest in the council, he proclaims 
Jesus, risen and ascended. It is for the name of Jesus, the authority above all creation, that I now lay down my life. And so we see the great importance of the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he has taken us not only from the grave, but has seated us with him at the right hand of God. All that is his by nature and right is yours by adoption and grace. The kingdom of heaven is his by nature, by right, from all eternity. He gives it to you by adoption and grace. Eternal life is his from all eternity. He gives it to you by adoption and grace. His reign with the Father, his par participation in the authority and the majesty and the glory of God, that which is his by nature and right, he gives to you as a gift because he loves you. Every person here is so greatly loved by God. And for them, for you, he has died, he has risen, and he has ascended into heaven. And so Romans 8, 33 to 39 says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That is, no one in this world can be truly our judge. We have one judge. When someone tells you you're a loser, they have no authority to declare anything over you. For God has spoken, and in his Son, he has marked you as his forever, and he has said, this is my child in whom I am well pleased. No one can stand in judgment, for we have one judge, our Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, for it is God who justifies, therefore who can condemn us? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. And so Jesus has placed himself between the judgment of God and our souls and offers to us all that is his. And so it goes on to say, Therefore, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. This is the promise. So if we were some wild Christians, what I would do is I would really want to bring this home. And I would say, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? 
It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn us? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who is raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? And then you'd say, no! Or distress? No! Or persecution? No! Or fear of looking silly if someone's standing outside looking in? No! <laughs> nor famine, nor nakedness, nor peril, nothing shall separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the promise. Our Lord is not only risen with death under his feet, he has ascended to the right hand of the Father above all creation. And you know what? He is reserved a seat there for you to reign with him forever over all creation. Hallelujah. Our Lord is not only the risen one, he is the ascended one. And as one day we shall rise, we too shall ascend with him where we shall be seated at the right hand of God. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen and ascended. Lord is risen and ascended indeed. Alleluia.